0: enjoy. How many of you would say you feel more agitated in general? You see things on social media or on the news or someone says something that you don't agree with, and you're just more easily triggered about these things. How many of you know anyone like that? Well, if you feel that way, you're not alone. Research shows that people are feeling angrier than they were a year ago, which makes sense because that's when COVID crashed into our world. If you don't believe that people are more angry, then I want you to go to any news article on any website and read the comment section. You will quickly change your mind. Most of you don't think about the impact your anger has, so let me show you how anger works. If I was to take this bottled water and I was to squeeze it in the middle, the water on the inside comes flying out and lands on anyone in close proximity to it, which just happens to be me. When I create pressure on the outside of the bottled water, what's on the inside of it comes out of it. That's how anger works. Something or someone creates pressure from the outside, and then what's on the inside of you comes out of you, and it lands on those closest to you. You might think, I don't have anger problems, and I get that, because it's hard to see in ourselves. So what I want to ask you to do is to ask someone close to you about you, and don't get angry if you don't like their answer. The hard truth is, we all have anger problems to some degree. Some of you, you've alienated your kids because of it. Maybe you've embarrassed yourself because of the way you've mishandled your anger at work, around your family, or maybe even friends. Some of you might be in a cold marriage right now, and feelings of affection and intimacy, they're dead. But what's really going on is there's underlining anger. Some of you are so angry at politicians, at the news media, at people who don't agree with you on things that it is destroying your witness and you're losing your influence as a Jesus follower because you're angry all the time. Over the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Let's Talk About It. And we're talking about something that all of us are either dealing with personally or we know someone who is. We're talking about mental health. Today, we're going to talk about what's at the root of much of our anger. Now, before I do that, because this is a series on mental health, It might mean that what we talk about today, you might think, I I just can't. Let me remind you of something that we said at the very beginning of this series. It's okay not to be okay. You might need to seek professional help and be on medication. I mean, I know people who this is their story, and if that's you, it's okay. Well, the one who's gonna help us with this is James, the half-brother of Jesus. James wrote this short but very practical book found in the New Testament, And James wrote to people who were experiencing incredible pressure. Many of them had lost their their job and their homes, and they were being separated from their families. There was just a lot of frustration and fear because of their uncertain future. And with all that pressure from the outside, it's not surprising that early on in his book, he talks about anger. Here's how he starts. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Before he even talks to them about anger, he wants to remind them of something very important. Your family, we're in this together. Remember the relationship because the relationship matters most, which is challenging because when you're angry, being right or your rights matter most in that moment. And then James, he gives them a very challenging command. He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I read this, and I think about my own experiences with people. My tendency is to do the exact opposite. When I'm dealing with a difficult or annoying person, I am slow to listen, if at all, quick to speak what I think, and when they don't respond the way I want, I am quick to become angry. But James commands us to do the exact opposite. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And it makes sense when you think about it. Because when I do the opposite of what James says, it never works. I don't have a single story to share with you where I did this and it made the situation better. And James is actually going to tell us why that is. He says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not give you the kind of life, does not give you the kind of dating life, marriage, family, neighborhood, and community that God wants you to have, and you know what? That you wanna have. So I wanna give you three things that can help you do what James tells us to do. And here's how I want you to remember what James says. He says, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. All right, I I remember this with with hand motions. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and don't touch your mouth because of COVID. Slow slow to speak, and then slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. Quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry, all right? Three things that James tells us to do. Here's the first one. Reflect before you react. I mean, isn't this what James commands us to do when he says, be quick to listen? Don't respond impulsively, but think it through first. I mean, if we just did this, it would save so much relational damage. King Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, he put it this way. Person with understanding is even-tempered. Now, to be even-tempered means to stay calm. Understanding means someone who sees the big picture, who grasps how things work. And so someone with understanding understands the longer you withhold your anger, the more it improves. Anger has been called one of the most confusing emotions to understand. One of the reasons is that most of the time, anger is not the first genuine emotion that comes over you in a situation. However, since you don't know how to handle the first emotion, you jump over to anger. That's why anger is often called the second emotion. Think of anger like having a smoke detector in your house. When a smoke detector goes off, the problem is not the detector making that obnoxious noise and it's obnoxious. The purpose of the smoke detector is to tell you that something else is wrong. Well, that's what anger does. It's the second emotion, telling you that something else is wrong and needs your attention. At the root of your anger are three primary emotions. Hurt, frustration, and fear. Hurt, frustration, and fear. So people who have understanding reflect when they get angry and they ask, is this anger being driven by fear, hurt, or frustration? Let me give you some examples and see if you can identify what's at the root of the anger. Maybe COVID has impacted you financially and you're not sure if you're, you're going to recover and you don't know how you're going to provide for your family. So you find yourself having a short fuse with your family and coworkers. You're more angry than usual, but what's really behind that anger? Fear. But to admit you're afraid seems weak, so you just stay angry. Maybe you have a wife and she's been on a rampage lately. I mean, you're fighting a lot. You're both working from home, living from home. You're sleeping at home and you hardly help out, and you leave piles of dishes in the sink, and you talk to her, but only when you want something, she's angry, and listen, she has every reason to be. Now, what's really going on? Yeah, she's angry, but the anger is a smoke detector telling you she's frustrated and hurt. The anger is her way of telling you she feels unappreciated and neglected. So many seem to be angry at institutions and organizations and and people these days, it's like, I'm so angry at the school district, at the government, at church. I'm so angry at the president and Congress and the principal and the pastor. I mean, I'm just so angry. What's really going on? I've had to personally ask myself this so many times over the last few months, but what's really going on? We're frustrated. We're frustrated at being at home, being restricted, being told no, or, or we can't. We're frustrated. People often talk about How angry they are at God because of a tragedy or an illness that has taken a life of a loved one. They yell at God and they walk away from God. But what's really going on? The anger is a smoke detector signaling they are, they are hurt and crushed by their loss. And their initial emotion is grief, but they jump over that to the second emotion, which is anger. So James says, you lessen so much of your anger if before you respond, you are quick to listen. You reflect what's really going on before you respond. Well, the second thing James tells us to do is to restrain your remarks. James says, be slow to speak and uh, slow to get angry. Now that sounds simple in theory, doesn't it? But the reality is it's like trying to hold a giant beach ball underwater. It's just hard because it just keeps popping up. And the reason it's difficult is that anger is this physiological reaction we have in our bodies where just the the adrenaline starts flowing and the heart starts thumping and we feel empowered to act. This is why the angrier we feel, the more empowered we feel. And the more empowered we feel, the harder it is to restrain our remarks. Let's just say someone cuts you off in traffic and the spirit of road rage overtakes you, and you pull up next to the guy, and you just explode on him. What kind of idiot are you? What were you thinking? You almost killed me. When was the last time you saw someone respond with, you know what, that's a great point. I appreciate you pointing that out to me. You know, God has really spoken through you. I feel led to change my ways. Thanks for taking the time, and for that finger wave as well. Research shows overwhelmingly that letting it fly might make you feel empowered, but it's a terrible way to manage your anger because it just creates more anger both in you and the other person. The truth is, we manage anger better when we are slow to speak and slow to become angry and don't recklessly explode on people. You might be thinking, Mark, I, I just I can't do that when I get angry. I just, I just blow up, I can't control it. Yes, you can. Because anger is a choice. You can control it anytime you want to, but come on, the reality is many times you don't want to. Let me prove it to you. Let's just say that you've been working from home for for months and there's been all sorts of tension building up at home between you and your spouse or significant other And on this particular day, you two are just, you're fighting like cats and dogs. I mean, doors are slamming, fists on the table. I mean, your blood pressure is high. The volume is high. You feel like getting high. Well, suddenly your phone rings and it's your boss. And you've been yelling and screaming, but then you pick up the phone, hello? It's instant change. Now you think, well, okay, this is great, but this isn't a problem for me. I am known for my restraint. Maybe you don't explode, but unhealthy anger takes many subtle forms. Maybe you play the victim and you try to get everyone to feel sorry for you. Or your passive aggra- aggressive type that gets your little digs in at people in ways that you don't own up to. Or your weapon of choice is the silent treatment, which is actually one of the cruelest forms of anger. Sure, you might not explode on people, but you are more like a silent assassin. You don't make much noise, but the body count of people who have crossed you is significant. James says, if you want to lessen your anger that is causing your adrenaline rush and causing your heart to pump fast, reflect before you respond. Be quick to listen. Restrain your remarks. Be slow to speak and slow to get angry. Third and final thing, You remember the results. James says if you mismanage your anger, it's not going to turn out well. So focus on the outcome. Now, let me be clear of something anger in and of itself is not a sin. The Apostle Paul even says, in your anger, don't sin. We're going to get angry. This isn't about not getting angry, this is about controlling the kind of anger that leads to bad outcomes, both for us and others. The Bible says that God gets angry. Now, you might have this picture of God always being angry. You're like, okay, well, I get that. But God's anger is a righteous kind of anger that flows from his justice, the kind that hates evil. And we're made in the image of God, so God has created us with the capacity for feeling anger. Jesus got angry. One time he got angry when he saw religious leaders just ripping off poor people at the temple by making them overpay for their temple sacrifices. So Jesus, he decides to turn into Thor because of this injustice, and he starts flipping over tables and money and animals are flying all over the place. But notice what Jesus did in his anger. He turned over tables. He didn't turn over people. Sometimes anger is a positive thing that motivates us to do the right thing. If you don't feel angry over rape child abuse, human trafficking, racism, violence, and older people getting scammed, then your heart has grown immensely apathetic. Some things ought to anger us. And James warns us that human anger, human anger always produces negative consequences. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is look around at all the results of mismanaged anger in our society. And you realize why our anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Here are a few ominous stats. 1,700 people are killed or injured every year on our road because of traffic conflict. It's so common, we developed our own term to describe it. We call it, you know it, road rage. In America today, there is one violent crime committed every 24 seconds. Think about that, and a murder every 30 minutes. And in, in Milwaukee alone, the murder rate more than doubled in 2020. Mismanaged anger plays a role in virtually every divorce. Even in marriages that stay together, there is often this kind of emotional separation because of mismanaged anger. And parents, parents who don't learn how to manage their anger, very often wound their children, who in turn they grow up and repeat the same pattern with their children. No wonder James says your anger does not result in the kind of life God desires for you. A while back, I had a situation with someone that I'd been friends with for years. And this person made a series of of terrible decisions that hurt a lot of people. And I was so angry with this person. And I was able to talk to this person, tell him how I felt. But despite the huge fallout of this person's decisions, I told him that I would be there for him. Well, eventually the situation reached a place where I had to make a tough decision. And when this person was told of that decision, immediately committed what I, I phrase social media rage. That's when someone vomits all over social media, giving only part of the story, their part. Well, when I was told about it, I was steaming mad. I mean, I thought about Going on to the social media post and then just listing all the stuff this person did and when I thought, man, if I did that, it would be the ultimate mic drop post. But I was thinking also about what James said. He said, be quick to listen, slow to speak and write, that means, and slow to get angry. Well, by chance, we were gonna see each other in the next few days. And uh, when we saw each other, I'll be honest, all those emotions of anger started coming back to me but I just let this person talk, and I just did my best to listen. And as I listened, I actually heard a few things in what was said that I needed to take ownership of, and I did. And after this person was was done talking, I very calmly but firmly expressed what I was angry about and why I was angry about it. Now, did that change the situation? No, it didn't. But do you know what it did do? It disarmed the person's emotions, and it disarmed my emotions and left the door open for reconciling in the future. So what do we do? What steps can we take before we throw a tantrum, flip a finger, raise a fist, make a sarcastic remark or withhold affection? We put the cap on. So what's on the inside doesn't come out on the outside. And here's what the half-brother of Jesus says on how to do that. He says, everyone should be quick to listen because our anger is like a smoke detector signaling to us that we're either frustrated, afraid, or we're hurt. And then he says, I want you to be slow to speak and slow to become angry because exploding or withholding never works. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Your anger, no matter how right, justified, or empowered you feel, does not result in the life God wants and the life you want. Let's pray. Father, um, many of us, we don't really think that anger can be a mental health issue. But the reality is, is that unhealthy anger, if not dealt with, it actually is. And the reality is just with with all that we've experienced over this last year, over what we continue to experience, God, uh, there is many of us that we are just, we are experiencing an an unhealthy anger in our lives right now. For some of us, we just find ourselves exploding more. For for others of us, we internalize it more and then it expresses itself in, in other ways. They're not only hurting us, but hurting the people around us. And so, God, I thank you for the wisdom of James who says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And God, and we know that that type of anger does not produce the kind of life, not only that you want for us, but that we want for us. And so, God, would you give us the courage, would you give us the strength to take the steps needed this week to do just that? Father, um, I thank you. That you've created us with this emotion of anger. And when it's used right, it can just be something that motivates us to take action on things that are near and dear to your heart. And so God, in the, in the midst of all that we're going through right now, may we use that emotion of anger in the way you designed it to be used. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.